Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SV Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. My name's Mike Brown. I am coming to you live after we do here at SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take after every single Houston Rockets game. And oh, what a game this was. The Rockets improved to 7 and 17. On the season, game 24 of the 2022-2023 campaign, they find a way to get it done tonight inside of Toyota Center, winning their third game there in a row, defeating the Philadelphia 76ers 132-123 to in two overtimes. What a game it was tonight. We have a ton to talk about. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show tonight, hit that request to speak button. We'll bring you up on stage. We will get all of your thoughts uh, throughout the show. Uh, so we'll get to those speakers here as soon as we can. Let's get into the box score real quick. Uh, goes without saying, James Harden returns, returned to Toyota Center tonight. Uh, it was good to see him back. It was great to see the second greatest Houston Rocket of all of return, missing the last 12 games uh, with a foot injury. Uh, he was on what I will call a minutes restriction tonight, 36 minutes, uh, 38 minutes, sorry, 21 points for him. He did have seven turnovers, seven assists, hit some massive shots, Uh down the stretch for the 76ers, for the Rockets. Looking at the the chat, James coming to us live from Toyota Center. Awesome. Bruno and Tari, energy and competitiveness is unmatched. We will get to those guys here in a few. Uh, but looking at the starters, Jabari Smith Jr., another good game for him tonight. 39 minutes, 3 of 8 from the field. He was 3 of 6 from the three-point line, 7 of 9 from the free-throw line. 11 rebounds. Alperen Shangun, he only had eight points. He only had eight rebounds, but man, did he have some big rebounds in some big minutes tonight. Eric Gordon, 14 points, hit a massive three in the second overtime, uh, 40 minutes. KPJ, 44 minutes, huge amount of minutes, 17, 7 to 17 from the field. He had 24 points. I mean, he had a good game tonight. There was a lot of good spots tonight. Jalen Green, 44 minutes, 9 of 20 from the field, 27 points for him. He did have seven turnovers, but an 88 combined minutes for the backcourt tonight for the Rockets. Fernando had six points, eight rebounds. I thought he played really well tonight. I thought he played his tail off against Joel Embiid, who's just a freaking monster. He had... 35 minutes tonight. He had 39 points. He fouled out late in the first overtime. Uh, Usman Garuba, non-factor. KJ Martin, 20 minutes at 14 points. He was a plus 15 when he was on the floor. Tari Eason, 18 uh, points in 21 minutes. 7 of 11 from the field. He did not play in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter or in either overtime, which was baffling to me. And I hope we can get into that a little bit tonight. Garrison Matthews was god-awful tonight, one of five. He had uh, five points. He did have two air balls, uh, which was not good. Deshaun Nix, again, they bring up Ty Ty Washington to not play him and throw out Deshaun Nix, which makes no sense. But massive crowd tonight in the room, which is phenomenal. We want to hear from everybody. Hit that request to speak button. We are going to go literally how y'all, you guys want to talk tonight. 
So we'll talk about anything Rockets related as they beat the 76ers tonight. Go to our first uh, speaker of the night, Andrew. Andrew, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Hey, Andrew, yeah, sorry about welcome. that. Uh, great up? win. You're good, brother. Uh, five and five yes, in the last ten, which is yep. pretty nice. Uh, awesome. Four of those five against playoff teams. Can't complain about that. No, sir. Um, and Shangun played really well. I'm actually liking how this is – don't get me canceled here, but how Silas is handling the bigs right now I think is really nice. He's using Fernando in nice spots. Uh, he's giving Shangun a little longer lease. He let him close tonight. He played really well. Um, and one final thought before I let some other people get here. Once Jalen finds his three-point shot again, like, lights out. The dude is attacking the rim. He's playmaking. The two-man game between Shingun and him is off the charts. He's just not hitting his threes, but he'll find it. And once he does, wow, watch I think so, I think so, too. Don't hang up just yet because I, I want to touch on a few things that you said. Look, it is no – you listen to this show. I'm not a Shingun guy long term. He's just not my cup of tea. But you got to give the guy credit. Man, you got to give – you got to give the guy credit. What? Yeah. You know, you do. I mean, come on. Well, he has rare skills as a big. And uh, he's, yeah. He I does. See, he does. Offensively, he has certain moments. Yeah, I'll give you that. But for it's, anybody who wants to say he had a phenomenal game, he had 8-8 eight eight tonight in 34 no, minutes. This was not one of his best games at all. Uh, no. But he, yeah, he battled. I mean, his, his offensive bag is coming along, and the fact that he's, he's battling defensively, late is is great and fernando's a nice change of pace you know so yeah he also got he also got destroyd just like most guys do against mb this is not film that you would look at and go hey i'm pro shangun i totally no. listen i totally acknowledge that he is getting better but you see tonight the long-term need for this roster for a true rim protector because philadelphia I, they were my pick to win the NBA title at the beginning of the year. Doesn't 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 look great. Harden looks cooked, man. I he, mean, come on, man. He's been out twelve games. I and know, he, but he, he is not what he was, man. I'm sorry, I don't see well, I don't see that old James Harden at all. Well, but you're I mean, right. Come on, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, that, you're fair, fair, fair. He's been out. Okay, that that guy played at an MVP level. The 76ers also didn't do him any favors with that roster. Love Embiid. I think Embiid is phenomenal. I think Tobias Harris, I think, is grossly overrated. Um, and he makes way too much money. But Yeah, nearly you know, kills you, us tonight, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you look at the rest of the roster. You know, you have Rockets Northeast. You know, you have Daniel House. You have Reed. You have Montrezl Harrell. You have Matisse Thibel, uh, you have Mil You have Milton. You have Korkmaz. Like, the rest of that roster does not do James Harden and Embiid any favors but that, that's true to be fair look second greatest rocket of all time it's no doubt it's great to see him back it's great to hear him say pre-game that he still feels like the rocket you know houston is home and i'm happy a, to see the fans aren't booing him either you know i was thinking i was like are they gonna boo yeah. him and they, they haven't been booing him you know they, they respect what he brought to this organization so i dig that <laughs> to be fair to that statement the stadium was also like 35 to 38 percent filled tonight Jeez, Which, what? Well, okay. yeah, if you watch the game, I mean, the lower did, bowl yeah. is barely half-filled. That's but, been a thing even when Harden was here and they were a playoff yeah. team. Oh, I mean, 100%. Uh, so, Andrew, thank you so much for being on the show, brother. We love yeah. when you come on. I got a couple more speakers I'm going to get to. Awesome, yeah, thanks. Good one. My brother, absolutely. Um, we will bring on the co-host of The Dream Take, Jeremy Brenner. Jeremy, what's going down? You know, Mike, it was my night off, but I was able to catch overtime, and I came for the vibes of a W pod. Well, I mean, the vibes of a W pod are sim simply unmatched. Well, immaculate, I would say. Five and five in our last ten games. Winners of three in a row inside of Toyota Center. Phenomenal. Sounds like a playoff team to me. Uh, well, <laughs> no, but... I mean, where we were like a month ago, yes, I'll take this every single day of the week. We are going to keep the good vibes going here, Jeremy. We've got two more speaker requests. Is that good with you? Love it. Love My it. Man. Let's get to uh, Eamon. Eamon? Eamon, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Eamon, going oh, Mike, once. That is definitely a bomb. Hello? Yes. Can you hear me? 
Yes. Hey, hi Mike, hi Jeremy. Ah, uh, this is my first time on the pod actually. I'm calling from Malaysia actually. Thank Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Yeah, I just want to say, I just want to say shout out to for the win, and I just want to call to. Yeah. Okay. That's a hundred percent. Jeremy, uh, let's move very quickly beyond that. Let's go to uh, Ryan. Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you? Mike, I'm great. Hey, Jerry, how you doing, man? I haven't talked to you in a while, so I just wanted to have you here, bro. But, uh, dude, this uh, this game was uh, very fun to watch tonight, dude. Very fun to watch. It was scary, but it was fun. Like, I wanted it bad because it's hard. Hey, by the way, has Harden won... In Houston since he's left, or no? That's a great question, Jeremy. I think, I, I think he has. I think he won once. I think he won once. I think but the first Not time that he... Mm, yeah. I think with Philadelphia, I think he's winless in Houston, though. Because I think the first game that he came back here, I know they lost. I know the Sixers lost. But yeah, I think he's I think he's winless as a Sixer, but he won with Brooklyn. I think that sounds yeah, right. Brooklyn. Okay. Well, either way, man, I mean, I know a lot of people are going to probably give me crap for this, but I would still take Harden back. I I mean, I would still, I'd still take him back. Maybe not, like, I don't even get the same Harden that we had, but he can still run an offense. I mean, I know it was his first game back with the Sixers, but I would still have him back on this team if, if it was my choice. Yeah, I think... Ryan, and, and thank you for calling the, the show. we got a couple other speakers we're going to get to, but we appreciate you as always, brother. Of course. You got it, man. Um, Jeremy, there was a lot of content I saw pregame about that notion about bringing James Harden back to this team. Where do you land with that? I wouldn't do it if it was a sign-in trade, but I know that a lot of it had to do with the fact that I think there was a report that came out that was like, oh, um, you know, he still keeps in touch with a lot of the Rockets. Like, yep. he still is, is like, talking with them. You know, I don't know. It, to me, I question more about whether James would actually want to come back to Houston. That, that's, like, the main thing for me. I think that, I think that the fit would be nice. Um, and, like, if you, if you tell me, okay, we're going to get a top five pick next year, throw them all together with what we've got, and James Harden, that to me is a team that could definitely make the play-in for sure. You know, yeah, uh, I'm with you. I do. I think it's going to happen. No, am I no, open it, to? It's look. It, it's a very, very slim, slim, slim chance. But I think what today showed, what was interesting to me, is how much you know, how much the fan base misses Harden. Um, and yeah. I think also maybe Harden gained a little bit of favor uh, with Rockets fans when uh, he requested a trade from the Nets. And it was like, oh, like we sent him to the Nets and he screwed over the Nets. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a uh, I think I think that's part of it. But I will say when it comes to uh, when it comes to the James thing, it's very, very slim. But the fact that they have a lot of tap space. You know, and maybe there is a chance they could swing Harden. You know, it's it's definitely not something coming from nothing. You know what I mean? I do. I I think it all depends on the draft pick. I know, as crazy as that sounds, or their their top pick, I should say, next year. If it is when Banyuma, you can sign me up for James Harden 2.0 on this team in about three seconds, because he still can play at an extremely high level. And the report that you were seeing was from Adam Spillane of Sports Radio 610 that this offseason, James was playing pickup ball with KPJ and Jalen Green and Jabari. Like, he's around. He calls Houston home. And I think after fans got over the fact of the way he exited, which was crappy. We all know that. But no breakup is ever easy like that. Fans got over it. You know, but also it, James Harden is an ex for a reason. A hundred percent. I also question whether like part of it, I think the number one thing, obviously, you know, it's like when, when LeBron 
when LeBron went back to Cleveland, because that's kind of a very similar uh, circumstance that it would be if Harden came back to Houston. But like when LeBron went back to Cleveland, like he wanted he wanted to go back to Cleveland. Like that was his choice. Like and and in that free agency, no one else really stood a chance. It was it was Cleveland and and that's it. Maybe Miami had a chance, but he was always going back to Cleveland. I feel like I, for Harden, he has to decide. Nope, it's definitely for sure going to be Houston. Like I am for sure going back to Houston, and I just don't know if he's ready to come back to Houston because the reason why he left was to try to win a championship. And if he doesn't get that championship this year, which considering the fact that the Sixers couldn't beat the Rockets tonight, I don't think the Sixers are winning a championship this year, Mike. So I feel like Harden will still be in a quest for a championship and Houston is not the place to do that in 23, 24. I totally agree with that. Another, another idea that came about from tonight, and this is the last of the Sixers we'll talk about because we have other things I want to get your take on. The Philadelphia Sixers are in desperate need for Eric Gordon. And I'm not just saying that because they're Rockets Northeast. That team could use an Eric Gordon because on the perimeter outside of Harden, there's not one guy that scares me if I'm an opposing team. That team is all about Joel Embiid, as it should be. But good God, do they need an upgrade in that backcourt? They need, um, yeah, I, I could see, I could see Eric Gordon being a fit there. Um, oh. I wouldn't necessarily, though. Um, there's not really many Sixers that I would like in return, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, if you were to do it, I don't know how this would work. You're going to have to take back Tobias Harris. And no, that, that's I mean, never going to happen. That's never going to happen, Mike. Let's not entertain that. Well, no, but his contract comes up. I think it's – is it is he an expiring – Talk about talk about why it would never happen before I look up his because while I the look Rockets up his are salary. not try, like the Rockets have so much cap space for a reason. They're not trying to bring. They're trying to save as much cap space as possible for the next year, and I don't see why you would trade Tobias Harris, who scored twenty seven points tonight, for a guy like Eric Gordon, who scored fourteen. Because they can't they can't do both. I don't think they're going to take on both of those contracts, and you have to get some sort of compensation back exactly. financially. So like, if, if Eric Gordon went to Philly, it would have to be a three-team deal. There's no way. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's, like, Matisse Thibel has always been the guy that, you know, the Rockets have, I guess, you know, wanted in return from Philly. But honestly, Matisse Thibel or Tari, I would much rather have Tari. No, oh, 100%. No, no, no. When so, I say you so have to take on is like, Harris, like, you'd, fl- you'd flip Harris. You wouldn't take on – sorry, I should have made that clear. You'd have to take on Harris I don't think with Tobias the Harris is on the trade block, Mike. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Why would he be? Give me one reason. He scored 27 points tonight. He scored 27. Why would a contending team get rid of Tobias Harris right now? Because he makes far too much money for what he's giving them on a night-in and night-out basis. He had a good game tonight. I'm just saying – $37 million, Mike. There's no way, there's no way he's traded. This so he has one more. He has one more year at thirty nine so million next maybe year. Maybe the off season they'll trade potentially. Him. Potentially as, I, as an expiring contract, maybe they'll trade him in the off season. But it's not happening in the middle of the season. Look, Eric Gordon needs to go to a team that will bring you back a veteran point guard that can come off the bench that can that can take care of the second unit when Kevin Porter and Jalen Green are sitting, mm. and it, he needs to replace Dacian Nix in the rotation. It needs to be someone like that. And, you have a guy. You have a guy in mind. Um, you know, there's not necessarily like one in particular, but I know like Phoenix has been a team that we've loved to throw in some Eric Gordon rumors throughout the years, and you know, campaign makes a lot of sense. But I really like for the Rockets, campaign makes sense, but I don't think it makes a lot of sense for campaign to be traded by the Suns. No, a pretty important part to what they do. Um, I, you know, there's not there's Patrick Beverly is like mm. maybe. Oh. I, I think I mentioned it on a podcast. Um, what I would do for him when I was when I was um, like when I was solo last week. 
I think I mentioned that I think it was the first Denver episode. Go check that out if you haven't already. But I think um I think I said like Eric Gordon the Lakers for Patrick Beverly. And I would even consider doing it. I wouldn't necessarily do it straight up. I would try to get some kind of pick out of them. But uh, yeah. The thing with the I Lakers do, though, is they do don't that. have a first round pick and the Rockets will likely try to seek a first round pick. But I feel as if um I feel as if maybe there's a way that they can swing in a deal where they can get Patrick Beverly back in Houston. Like that's that's probably my ideal choice because the thing about Pat Beverly is like he's a guy that can help change the culture off the court, um, but he doesn't necessarily have to play too many minutes on the court. And when he does play minutes on the court, you know he's going to give it a thousand and ten percent. And you know that the defense will improve, and that's exactly what the Rockets need. The Rockets need better defense, and um, the... I think I think the minutes that will uh, be allocated um, when Eric Gordon leaves will go to KJ and Tari, and that will improve the offense. Of... That that vibe would be so immaculate if they swung that deal. That's the perfect deal. I mean, that's the picture perfect deal, man. I love that. I don't understand. I, I don't Ryan, the, Ryan says like no. Something before. Yeah, we have. Kobe not, White. Kobe White. Like this. Yeah, Kobe White's an interesting name in Chicago. But if I had to choose between Kobe White and Beverly, uh, I don't think the Bulls. I don't think the Bulls would want Kobe White. The thing with the Bulls is they. You mean Gordon? They, you mean Gordon? Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think I don't yeah. think the Bulls would want Eric Gordon. Um, just because. Yeah. The Bulls are not really contenders this year. The thing is, the Lakers would take him because the Lakers have to try to go to the playoffs this year. They have Michael – they have – not Michael Jordan. They have uh, LeBron James. They have LeBron James, and they have no – and their pick is going to New Orleans. So it's – there's no reason for the Lakers to not go out and try. And and I think that the Lakers are so um, stripped of, you know, being able to do too much – um, that this is a small trade that they could possibly do that could uh, change the fortunes in LA. It would it would take a defensive player and give an offensive player for the Lakers, and that's what they need. They need shooters around LeBron, and and Eric Gordon could be that. Dude, I'm I'm so totally with it. Um, you know, but let's let's talk more about the game tonight. Yes, loved. Loved a lot of things tonight. I thought Jalen Green was special tonight on multiple occasions. Um, I can't tell you how much I hate the fact that Tari Eason did not play either one of the overtimes. Yeah, and that the was la- disappointing. And the last four minutes, I want to say, of the fourth I think quarter. They took him out. They took him out and they put Shangoon and Bruno. Or Shangoon Bruno, and Gordon. Bruno and Tari came out for Shangoon and Gordon. And part of me was like, and, and, and you know, you know me. Like I'm, I'm obviously I'm Team Shangun, and I have been, and I will be for the foreseeable future until sure. he does something absolutely asinine, which is nowhere near that. But I was kind of like, you know what? Like Tari deserves to close tonight. And I, yeah, you know what? You have you have Joel Embiid, so you need a guy like that. And you know what? I'm glad that Shangun got the minutes because I'm glad that um, I th- I'm glad, and and I think that he played. Uh, he played well enough in in the overtimes, but Tari Tari earned it tonight, and and yeah. KJ did too. And like that's the that's the thing with this team. It's like Stephen Silas is still going by the book, and and look, I mean, going by the book worked tonight. Like it, it worked tonight. There's but also if he didn't go by the book and he just went with you know if he put KJ and Tari in at the end. Um, you know, maybe they still win. Maybe they lose, and it's it's a problem. But um, you know, I, I don't, we're not at that point in the season to where experimenting with lineups down the stretch is something that we're going to see a lot of. Um, I feel like you know the Rockets are still kind of in this position to where they want to they want to go with the plan they've built and see how far it takes them. Right now, you know, seventeen, seven and seventeen. There's still a handful of games. Like I'm not saying that they're playing for the plan or whatever, but they're only a handful of games back from all of that. And a, and a stretch here for the Rockets, where they've got eight of their next, I think seven of their next eight games at home, and then the road game is at San Antonio on Thursday. So 
if the Rockets are able to piece together some of these wins here and, you know, keep up and, and just maintain, if they can still see who's in front of them, they're not too far into the distance, you know, there's no reason why the Rockets shouldn't want to compete. And the thing is, I think that tonight proved that they do want to compete, that they do want to try to win these big games. You know, they could have, they, they had several opportunities tonight to fold. They didn't, they stuck it out. They stick through, and I'm really excited to see. And, and I think, again, like the Friday night game against Phoenix, it was another opportunity for them to kind of just fold. But I think what we've seen here, you said what? They've won like 5 of 10? They're 5 and 5 right? in their last 5. 5 and 5 in their last 10? They're figuring it out. They're figuring things out. Um, and I think it's only going to get better from here. I really do. Yeah. I mean, that was the only thing. I, I think it bears mentioning – it does. I'm it's not. It's not. It, it's not gonna. It's not gonna affect Tari Eason long term. But it could have done wonders for his psyche after this type of game. Be like, oh, coach believes in me. Like I'm gonna finish this game. But that's the problem that you're gonna run. And I'll tell you what, Jeremy. There's news that came out today about Jay Sean Tate ramping up his abilities to get back on the court. It's gonna. It's gonna log jam this team even more. It is. And that's that's the crazy part is it's a great thing. Don't get me wrong. The more talent you can put on this team, the question is going to be, and I well, I take it back because I'll I'll go as far to say it ain't going to be a question because Deshaun Nix is going to be out of this rotation. Garrison Matthews is going to be out of this rotation. And I think it's going to force their hand to move somebody. You have to. You can't keep – you can't keep all those guys on the same roster. It doesn't make any sense roster management-wise. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. As much as I agree with what you're saying, like as much as I would want, uh, not necessarily want that to happen, but I feel like if I were running the team, that's what I would be doing. But I'm not running the team. You're not running the team. Steven Silas is running the team. Steven Silas is going to keep both Knicks and Garris Matthews in the rotation. It's going to be they ran they ran what a ten man rotation tonight. It'll be an eleven man rotation, and and the thing and we're going to see Tari's minutes go down. We're going to see KJ's minutes go down, though, and uh, and we're probably going to see Eric Gordon's minutes go down a little bit. And a, we'll take a little bit a little bit from EG, a little bit from Tari, a little bit from KJ, and that will be Jay Sean Tate's minutes. That's a fireable offense. And I'm not it's, kidding you. It, look, it, it, it is. is it, it, uh, it is not a fireable offense. 
because it, 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 it involves players in the roster that don't matter too much to your future. But the reason why Dacian Nix is out there is because they need a, a, a ball handler in the second unit. And Dacian Nix is the only player that they've been willing to play that, that could be that. Garrison Matthews is the only real three-point specialist in the second unit. And that's why he gets minutes. And you can't just take that away. And Jayshon Tate is neither of those things. So what that tells me is this team, it's going to, it's going to just, you know, everyone else is going to be split, spread a little bit more thin uh, or, you know, maybe another player goes down, hopefully not, but um, you know, there is, there is always that possibility. You know what, Mike, it's like this team right now is, is a lot like the U S men's national team, obviously really sad that they went down, but Mike, who are the best players for the U S men's national team? What Polisic, Polisic, Gio Reyna. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, but that's the play. I'm thinking more along the lines of all of like the better players on the team play in the midfield, center midfield. Like that's where the Rockets are. All of the Rockets, like best players, I feel like at the moment are on like the wing, or at least the players that deserve to be playing more. Tari, KJ, like the biggest question marks on the team. The players that are the most in limbo are in the wings. Well, the front court. Well, the front court is a little bit different, but this analogy did not work as well as I thought it would. Well, like I, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to figure Look, out. They have they have too much talent in the front court, and or they have too much talent on the wings. They can't just play. Like if you had if you had to play the best five players on this team, regardless of position, it would be. For me, it would be KPJ, Jalen, Tari, KJ, and either Jabari or Shangun, depending on the night. But that lineup doesn't like it. That should be the lineup. Like that's like the five best players on the team. That should be your closing lineup. But because they all kind of play, you know, KJ and Tari play similar positions, and you know, Shangun and Jabari, like. We've never seen a lineup where all of those guys are really all out there. I don't think – I'm curious to see if that lineup has played at all this year. Do you think they – like, I they can't have. remember. They have, and they succeeded. And that's that's my problem. It's not we a don't problem. See that lineup, we don't see that lineup enough because I'm struggling to remember, you know, when those five actually saw the court. And they, if they do play minutes, they don't get extensive minutes. But that's that's a massive problem, Jeremy, is because and it hasn't been solved since he's become the head coach. Silas can't run a rotation. We all know this. Like, that, that's not news. We're, we're not breaking news when we say that he has no idea, no clue how to run a reasonable rotation because well, you are not like it's not hard. Like watch this team for a night. That is their best lineup is they're interchangeable. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a very good reason why those five have not played together. And it's it's something that you and I as non-basketball professionals just can't explain. Well, no, it's not. I think you're overthinking it. Like maybe I the, am, the, the, but, the way it is, it, the four is but set. Mike, if it was, if it was as simple as it sounds, as we're making it sound, it would be done. There's a reason why it hasn't been done yet. And yeah, it's because people are, people are getting paid, you know, a lot of money to run this group and to run the right lineups and to run the right fits. And, and, and you got to kind of just trust it a little bit. You got to trust what they're giving you. And look, it's, it's one thing for us to, to comment on the team because, because we really don't have anything to lose because we're not going to lose our jobs based on how the team performs and whatnot. But these players, they do it for, the the front office they this is their livelihood they have a job on the line if this doesn't work out they have you know, and same with the coaching staff and same with the players so like there's a lot more riding on it for them than it is for us so so i think that um we should give a little bit more um like we should factor that into the decisions i guess well yeah to a certain extent yes but it also is very plausible as well that 
those same people making those decisions aren't good at their jobs. I still think, well, the thing is, like to, is tonight was a perfect not, example. It's not the fact that they're not good at their jobs because the, I, they're I, not. you know, it's a really young team that they're working with. You know, they, they don't have the same talent level as most of the teams they're playing with. But even on a night like tonight, when the talent level favored Philadelphia, the Rockets were still able to get the win. So th- there is there is something there that's working. It's just something that takes a little bit of time. And I feel like the Rockets just, they, they still want to see a slightly larger sample size. It's only game 24 out of 82. But we are getting closer to that point to where the sample size is large enough to maybe make some changes based on something. But look, I mean, this this homestand is going to teach us a lot because after this, you know, after this after this homestand, we'll reach the thirty the thirty game mark with this group. Be about a third of the way in the year, and we'll see how much this group has evolved over and and maybe this this the projections that this group has is longer than that. And that's probably the plan that the Rockets have. It's a rebuilding process and they're expecting this to take, you know, a few years. So they want to see it play out. They want to see it play out before they have to make any legitimate decisions based on free agency this summer with all the money that they have based on the draft this summer to where they don't know where they're going to pick. And then take what they've learned over the course of a full season. Cause in reality, let's be real. This, this season doesn't matter too much in the grand scheme of everything. It won't in the grand scheme of everything. So they, they're going to take the full season. Let's see what the sample size is for the season. And then let's reevaluate at season's end. I think that's but, what this, I think that's you, what the plan is. Right. But there are, there are major questions with why do you bring up Ty Ty Washington and not play him? That doesn't make any sense. Because why I do think, you why I do you think, only play Tari? Why do you only play Tari twenty one minutes in a career game? Like that doesn't make any sense. Those are legitimate questions that no one has viable answers for. Well, like I, that's I think I, just, I, I think I just gave an answer. You gave they an want, answer. They want to. They want to. They want to run the course with the plan that they have, and so far the plan that they have has gotten them to seven and seventeen. Now while seven and 17 isn't necessarily great um you know we've seen over the last 10 games they're 500 so let's see after 20 games will they be 500 after the next 20 games and and kind of see where it goes from there i just want to escalate that process like you talked about you want to wait yeah, until yeah, we all do you, we, we all but, wish this process was accelerated but that's the thing about a rebuild is you can't accelerate a rebuild Yes, you can. I don't. I don't agree with that statement at all. Well, if you accelerate a rebuild, then you then you run the risk of doing it incorrectly. But you also run the risk of not doing it correctly if you take forever, which they're already in year three. Right, but what this is needs the safer, to be escalated. What is the safer option? What is the safer option? Right now, the Rockets are really not in in a position to be taking a lot of risks with the roster. And and the thing and that's something that you've clamored for for a while now is oh let's take a swing on Ben Simmons let's take a swing you know here let's let's try to swing this guy Miles Turner you know those are risks that you take those are moves that you make if you're a team that wants to take the next step like if you want to fast track take the next step look at the Bulls for example right the Bulls they they did that with Nikola Vucevic they traded two first round picks and Wendell Carter Jr to get Nikola Vucevic. And what that did for them was Jack squat. And one of the picks that they gave up turned into Franz Wagner. He's a, a player that's going to be a lot better than Nikola Vucevic probably is better than him right now. And then they're also giving up another pick this year that could be a top 10 pick in a loaded draft class. So that is, a, that's what the bulls have done. That's one of, you know, that's one of several thousand examples that have happened in the NBA of a team trying to make a push for the playoffs when they're maybe not ready. And but look at look done, at what about Cleveland? Look, Cleveland's a perfect example the other way. Like for the amount of examples that you can give me, Cleveland hasn't proven themselves yet. They're fifteen and nine because they make yeah, moves in, that in, make in sense in twenty four games, but they have nothing to show for it. They have not won a single playoff game. So don't like you can't tell me that. 
a, a rebuild. You can't tell me a trade is going to work 24 games into a season, especially when there's no playoffs involved. Like I mentioned the Bulls as an example because we've seen several years of what this Bulls team has done, and they have no playoff wins to show for it. And the the outlook for the Bulls looks incredibly bleak given where they currently are. They're Right now they're not even in the playoff in the playoff hunt right now. And they don't have a first-round pick this year. So they're going to continue to spiral. Like, that is like that is an example of, of risking it and trying to rush a rebuild and, and screwing yourselves. And I'm not yet, even talking about I risking do, it. While I do – I the thing is, there is also, on the other side of the coin, which is, I think, the one that you're more concerned about, is, well, what if this – is something where you just continue to just let everything pass you by and you kind of just sit with your hands tied. I don't think the Rockets are in that place at all right now. We're we're still on we're still very much you know, we haven't seen like we're in the third year of the rebuild, right? Yeah. First year first year was the year where you blow it up. The where you intent where you not intentionally Which they still you, haven't done, which they still haven't dropped done fully, to the bottom yeah. of the league. You drop to the bottom of the league. That's where the Spurs are right now, right? They they have they've they have just zero talent that is superior than other teams. They don't have a star like that. Is where the Rockets were before Jalen Green. They drafted their first star. They got Jalen Green. All right, Jalen Green is a guy that you can build around. All right, Jalen Green did what he was able to do. They continued to stay at the bottom of the league. Now they have Jabari Smith. This is the year where now you are for sure certainly better than you were a year ago. Let's see progress. And if there is progress at the end of the year, then we can say, okay, this rebuild is doing something. Let's, let's, you know, let's see what we've done here, and let's hope we can build off of that again in another year. If the Rockets, though, were to come into this year and be the same 20-win team that they were last year, that to me shows that – the Rockets are not going anywhere, and they really do need to change direction. But, but you also yet we don't know yet that yet because we are still in the middle of that second season where we need we were what we've seen so far is the Rockets are more talented than they were a year ago because they have Jabari Smith, they have Tari Eason, Alperen Schengen's a little bit better, Jalen Green's a little bit better, and that's another thing too. You're seeing the rookie class from last year, at least three fourths of it showing signs of progress and we knew from the moment they drafted four first round picks last year that not all of them were going to work out and i think it was a big surprise to a lot of us that in the year two it's looking like that guy is josh christopher versus usman garuba and the but the fact that usman garuba has shown signs of growth is good but we also knew that bringing on four picks when we did it just was never going to work out for all four of those guys. And jury's still out on whether Shengun will work in Houston. He'll work somewhere in the NBA. He's just too damn talented. Really hope it's Houston, but there is potential for that not to be in Houston, which I think would be a huge shame if they weren't able to get that to work out. But I think with where they are, they see Jalen Green, they see Jabari Smith, they see where this is going, and there is progress. So it, it may not Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Be as fast as, as you want or as most people want, but that's kind of you know where we are. The team is making progress. That's what tonight's game proves, is that we are seeing progress with this team. It's not super fast, but it is 
enough. It is enough to keep but, us on the train. But I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. Let, let's start there. I think everything that you're saying, for the most part, I totally agree with. My problem is it doesn't cost you any more money. You're not swinging for any more fences than to just play your young guys more. Like, that's all I'm saying is you look at tonight, you and I are on the same page. You can't just play Tari East in 21 minutes and not play him in the, in the final two overtimes. That's criminal from a coaching perspective. And I'm throwing, like, we talked about teams that were going for it. New Orleans, Sacramento, Sacramento's 13-9 and nine because they're making moves that help their roster now. They're Sacramento, Sacramento and the, New Orleans were also further along in their rebuilds to where they – Because are, they spend money time, on their roster. It's time, it's time to make a move. It's time for them to make a move. And I think that the Rockets are a year or two away from doing that. I feel like this year in free agency – is going to be the time for that. Um, I will. I look. I see what you're saying, and I agree. But I also think the Rockets are waiting until the second half of the year to kind of set sever ties with um, with Eric Gordon, and and then and then you'll see more youth involved. Um, sure. And that's all. I'm, it's unfortunate. I, I, that, it's unfortunate that it isn't sooner. But yes. That's this all it is. Where we are right now. No, that's that's where we are. You have a cheap owner that doesn't want to spend the money on the roster well, right, we now, right now. We'll see, we'll see right we'll now. See summer. We'll see right now. Summer that's, when they have all the cap space. That's what I'm saying. Right now, he's. I, you can say that. that. That's a fact that he does not want to spend money on this roster. Give it till this summer, which I'm with you. I'll give you a name, and I know we're going to go a little bit long here, but I want to get your take on this. I'm sure you saw the story this week. Would you throw the absolute house at Atlanta for Trey Young? And I'm talking about clearing out the cupboard, throwing the house at Atlanta for Trey Young. All right. Let's let's I never want to talk about this ever again, but I okay. will I will give you the trade offer I would give to the Hawks Ooh. for Trey Young. Ooh. Okay. It would have to be something along the lines of and a deal that they would consider. They would consider. Look, okay. and I just, I just want the record to be known because I'm already getting shit for it in the comment section. Um, uh, this will never happen. By but the way, is, we've, we haven't even given an opinion on this yet, and we're already getting toasted, which I love because all I'm doing is throwing out a question. This, That's this all I'm doing. What, this is what the deal. This is what the deal would end up being something like. I'm listening. Kevin Porter. Yes. Alperon Shengun. Uh huh. Probably they would probably ask for KJ Martin mm. and four first round picks. Like that, that is a deal that the Hawks would probably not take, but that's a good starting point. Like mm. that—that's—that's that's the price tag on Trey Young. And would you do? I, would you do it? Um. Would you do that deal right now if Atlanta called you and said, "If you say yes, we're in." It would have to be along Oof. the like. Oof. In order for me to consider this deal, is I would have to know who our who our draft pick is for this year. Because that's a, that's a really that's a really good question. Because I know where you're going with that. Because if, if, if was, I tell if you was, if I tell you like, it's Scoot, you don't do the deal. Obviously, well, no, obviously. But like, if 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 we had Vic, I would feel much more comfortable doing that tri- doing that deal. Mm. See, I don't think you're. I don't think they're getting the number one pick, man. I really don't. I think they're going to well, take themselves out of it. Well, we'll. See. I mean, look, it's, it's which I don't think is the worst. Of, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a it's a crapshoot who gets that top pick. For sure, even, we've even seen if, that. The, we've seen that the last two years. Yeah, even if the Rockets aren't in the bottom four, they can still get the number one pick. So, so you know, there's a lot of ifs and buts. Uh, that trade will never happen, guys. Don't like don't. Don't be, don't be, you alarmed, don't know that, but you don't know that it, it's not, it's really not. Um, it just, I, I mm. personally don't want that, but like, look, I think, I think the good thing to come out of this, and this is where I want to park the rocket ship because it is, it is now Tuesday morning on the East coast. Oh, that's fair. Um, I will say this, 
we talked about how it's you know it's time to take the risk it's time to you know spend a little bit of money it's going to come at the end of the season because the rockets don't own their pick next year and the rockets have cap space and now that you'll have three three straight years of high lottery picks along with some other really strong rookies uh young players i should say tari uh shangun kj guys that are role players you can get that star or you know a, another really strong role player that can that can really start to make this more, look more like a complete team Oh, man. Some of the comments are fun, man. Brian said, I'd rather have Jaw. Yes, so would I. Yes, we would much rather have Jaw Moran. I don't know, man. Gun to my head, if you told me would they do that deal, I'd probably do it for three first-rounders. I wouldn't do it for four. That would be my sticking point. If they said three, I'd probably do it. Well, keep in mind that a lot of those picks are excess picks from the Brooklyn trade. Correct. Yeah, they're they're found. I'm not going to call them found money. But they are. It is found money at that point. You know, you still maintain your flexibility. Leaves you with a Trey Young and Jalen Green backcourt with Jabari up front, and you keep Tari Eason. Yeah, I'm in for that, Jeremy. Uh, but hell of a game tonight. Rockets win. So exciting. Uh, this is a good place to park the rocket ship. We will be live with you on Thursday as the Rockets travel to the San Antonio. Spurs. So we will have that game, that post game for you as soon as that game is over. Uh, Jeremy, give me an official prediction. Do the Rockets make it their second win in a row on Thursday? Yes. Yes. Ooh. Like, I'm not even okay. to say it. Yes. San Antonio has lost 11 games in a row, I think. Um, that's not a good basketball team. Not a good team. Uh, I'm going to concur with you, sir. But this has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take Podcast. If you're on Twitter, make sure to follow the Dream Take at the Dream Take. Follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Jeremy Brenner at Jeremy Brenner is J E R E M Y B R E N E R. You can follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown at Mike Brown underscore twenty twenty. Give the Dream Shake a follow at Dream Shake SBN. If you're on Facebook, search the Dream Shake. Give us a like there. Finally, head on over to thedreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets all the time. Thank you all so much for the incredible room tonight here on Spotify Live. The chat was on fire. We appreciate you guys for that. Once again, your happy final from inside a Toyota Center. Rockets defeat the Philadelphia 76ers 132 to 123. I will talk to you guys on Thursday. And until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets.